Today's episode is brought to you by Sutler is a crowdsourced, hyper-localized app that rewards local users exploring their local community. Sutler lets local businesses connect directly with their best customers. Locals, sharing time-sensitive deals and exclusive Sutler specials only offered on Sutler. Locals know best, not an algorithm. Sutler, trust local. You're listening to Real to Real with Coach Herb and B, a podcast that brings you community and culture with your host, Coach Herb and B. All right. Hey, 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 what's up, y'all? This is Coach Herb, and I'm always joined by my girl, B, and uh, hey, Mr. Ben in the background, and we have Mark O'Neill. Yes. What's up, guys? Can we call you by your full name, or are we just going to go with Mark O'Neill? Uh, you just call me Chef Marco. Chef Marco. Chef Marco okay. yeah. All right. Yeah. That, that's ben, Marco. Your name does make me want to say the whole thing at one yes. time, though. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Everybody be confused. They're like, is it Mark O'Neill? Is it Mark? Is it Mar-? I just say, just call me Marco. Everybody shortens it to Marco. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Chef. Thanks right, for well, coming. Well, welcome to our show. and, um, mm-hmm. and um, Thank you guys for having good. me. Yeah, I guess you're going to give us a brief um, like background on how you got started in the business and where mm-hmm. you're from and all that good stuff, if you don't mind. Yep. So, hello, everyone. I am Chef Mark O'Neill. Uh, I came up in the culinary industry totally by accident. A friend of mine got me a job washing dishes in a hotel. Okay. And um, I wanted more money. So I was like, well, what can I do to get more money? And they were like, well, the next thing, the next step up from washing dishes is being a prep. So I became a prep and then I wanted more money. And I said, what I got to do to make more money? It's like, you got to learn how to cook. And so I, I lied and said, oh, man, I know how to cook. What y'all talking about? And uh, they called my bluff and they threw me on the hotline one day because somebody called out sick. And I was, I was, I was, I was so scared because I really didn't know what I was doing. Um, but I had luckily as a dishwasher, I paid attention Yeah. and it all paid off. I was watching the cooks because the dishwashing line was at the end of the hotline. Right. So whenever I wasn't busy, sometimes I would step over there and I would just ask questions. I'd be like, well, why are you doing that like that? What's the purpose of that? And I didn't realize all that time I was feeding my passion and I was also learning so when I got through on that hotline, it was crazy how all that stuff clicked. I was like, oh, I remember so-and-so showing me, show, I see him, yeah. seeing him do it like this, or him telling me to do this. And it just all clicked. And I did a good job. On my first day, they did not know. They did not know that I wasn't a cook. I pulled it off. Right. So after that, I just was like, man, if I can do this, I was like, I'm, I'm about to see how far I can take it because I liked it. Um, we started cooking at three o'clock and I looked up again and it was nine thirty. Wow. And it felt yeah. like twenty minutes. Yeah, it felt like twenty minutes had went by. So that's that's what caught me. I said, man, this is my kind of job. Time goes by fast. I was having fun. I'm like, I'ma stick with this. And uh I stuck with it and I've always been an artist, right? But I cannot draw to save my life. <laughs> and once I realized I had the artistic ability of putting food on a plate and making it look like art and somebody told me that, 
I, that's when I knew it was my calling because I've always been an artist, always. But like I said, I, I'm just not a good, I'm not a good illustrator. Right. But yeah, I learned that my, yeah, there's different types of art. And I learned that maybe my way of expressing art is through food. Yeah. And so once that clicked, it was a wrap. I just, I just, everything chef life after that. I started watching um, Food Network channel, re- subscribing to Epicurious, enrolled in culinary school. I just submerged myself in the industry after that. Once I've seen that, oh, this is just like art. You know, it's just a different way of expressing your art. I just took it and ran with it. You're really actually destroying my um, my diet that I'm kind of on because I've seen oh. some of the stuff that you put on there, man. I'm like, man, I wish I look I- at it and I'm like, man. Yeah, especially if I, lamb, if I the lamb chop. Oh my god, I'm like, oh, that's it is lean meat though. That's the one positive. It is. It's very lean. It is. But man, I'll be like, yo, yeah, I could get four those five lamb, chops. Those lamb chops, lamb chops, <laughs> and herb. Things good in moderation, man. That is true, in moderation. That you is can true. have you can you can have too much sea moss. I got friends that's like, oh, sea moss, sea moss, sea moss, and I'm like, you know, you can have too much sea moss, right? Right. So it's it's just like anything else, you know. Yeah. It's it's you be moderated, and um, you know, you take your time with it. I feel like your body will react, and your body will let you know what's for it, what's not for it. You gotta listen to your body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like from looking on all your stuff. You know, how do you um, decide the, the combinations of all your recipes that you put out and all the food that you put out? Because I've seen some things where you have like a like a seafood and a, a protein, yeah, protein, which I guess mm-hmm. seafood is kind of like protein, but you do like a lobster with lamb chops or 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 beef with like shrimp. And I'm like, Ooh. Mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, yeah, look at this dude. Yeah, well, that's, I think that's the Maryland in me because okay. Maryland is so so big on seafood yeah. that um, I made it my business to find a way to incorporate seafood in, in almost anything um, because Marylanders just they go crazy for it and then yeah. the people that visit Maryland they know us for seafood so when they come here that's what they want too Right. You know, so I've learned how to just do all kinds of surf and turf. And what I realized is it's all about the textures and the flavors. Okay. Um, you know, if you can create a flavor profile that goes together and complements each other, then um, anything's possible. It, it's right. not about the one thing being a poultry and another thing being a protein or, or, or something it's, or beef. It's yeah. just about the flavors. If you can make the flavors go together, you can you can pretty much make it work. Yeah. What you, would you say that's like your specialty, surf and turfs? Or what? Yeah. What like what's your favorite? I guess thing to make. My favorite thing to make is probably because it changes a lot because I'm always trying new stuff. Okay. Uh, so right now I'm stuffing things <laughs> like i'm stuffing shrimp i'm stuffing salmon i even stuffed a lamb chop and i'm just really um fascinated with the different kinds of stuffings i can make because yeah. at first i was just doing like oh i'm the, the traditional i'm gonna stuff it with crab meat right and yeah. after that i was like okay there's somebody that didn't want crab but they wanted stuffed chicken and then i stuffed it with pimento cheese and it was the 
delicious. Pimentos. And I was like, oh my God, the 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 combinations I can make with the stuffings are amazing. So like right now I'm actually making this stuffing that it has green bell peppers, uh, cream cheese, garlic, and spinach, and my Marco spice. And it's so good. Like I've stuffed every protein with it and it's just so good. So I'm just like, that's where I'm at right now. I like stuffing things. Listen to this guy. It's like a little surprise. <laughs> you you see got how the meat. Right. You but see then how you he... got the little, you know, in the middle. Yep. Yeah, I see how you put in that little Marco spice. That was that was. That's cool. what I, I was literally about to bring up that Marco spice. <laughs> yeah, Tell yeah, us a little yeah. bit about yeah, that. Marcos. Yeah, please. You selling it? Okay. <laughs> yes, I do sell it. Okay. And I'm gonna tell y'all how it was born, totally by accident. So I was using this thing called Total Seasoning. Yes. Yeah. And um, Total Seasoning is really good. I mean, and everything I put it on, people are always like, "What is that? What is that taste?" And it's a distinctive taste. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually tasted some food that had MSG in it. And I was like, is this the taste I'm tasting on in the total seasoning? So I did my research and I found out the total seasoning doesn't say that it has MSG. Oh, It actually spelled it out. It says monosodium glutamate, right? Which is MSG. Uh... So once I found that out, I, 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 I took it I took it off because I was like, I don't, I, I went to culinary school, so I know about MSG. It's a yeah. chemical. It gives you headaches. It's, it's a food additive. Yes, it makes the food taste delicious, but, but it's really not good for you. So um, once I X'd it out, I was determined to recreate that flavor, but, um, you know, healthy. Yeah. So I called the company. I did everything I could. I constantly tasted it. And I started mixing spices. I was like, okay, I, I taste um, onion powder. I taste garlic powder. I taste cumin. Um, I taste oregano. And I started mixing it, mixing it, mixing it. And I finally didn't get a mix that was the total seasoning at all. Right. But I came up with this mix that is Marco Spice. And it's a total seasoning. And it's amazing. And all of the seasonings, I use only organic. So everything's good. It's all fresh, and um, I like it because you don't have to use salt. I I, I don't put any salt in it. Okay. It's just spices. Some of the spices that I mix in have salt, and that's what adds the salt and the iodine that you need, but there's no extra added salt, and it can go on anything, your meat, your vegetables, your seafood. It's delicious. So, you might have to get yeah. some of that herb. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we ship. People always ask me if I ship. I don't ship um, food yet, but yeah. I do ship the Marco Spice. Okay. That sounds, mm-hmm. that sounds, that sounds like a promising yep. thing. There we go. Oh, it's, it's bomb. It's bomb. I'm trying, Trust. since this quarantine, I've been trying to um, expand my um, cooking range, let's just mm-hmm. say, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, so That'll I'm, definitely give you some, um, it, it, it just adds a nice flavor. And, yeah. It has a nice touch to to your food. And one of the things I learned at a young age was I knew I liked McDonald's because McDonald's tastes like McDonald's. It wasn't because McDonald's is necessarily good. It was because at a young age, I knew. I said, every time I go to McDonald's, it's consistent. Consistent. I know what I'm getting. And that's what I strived for with my food. And that's what made me make Marco Spice because I was like, that's something I can put on my food that 
you could be anywhere, and if you taste it, you're gonna be like, "Oh, did Chef did Chef Marco cook this? Because this tastes like Marco spice." You know, like that flavor is distinctive to my food. So um, that's something that I really think has helped me take off. Having a distinctive taste to my food has really helped set me aside from my counterparts, honestly. Do you have it in any storefronts or anything like that? Um, No, I don't. I'm actually in talks with Whole Foods right now to do that because it's very easy. It's a very easy process to get it in the stores. Okay. Um, But the you know what's crazy? I'm making more money just selling it myself because once I do the storefront, they're going to take so much that it's like, not saying it's not worth it, but right now, I'm like, Right now is better mm-hmm. to keep your own coin. Yeah, because yeah. it's working. Yeah. I, I'm it's selling very well, and I'm you know I'm not I'm not looking at um I'm not losing any money off of it. So I'm just okay. like okay, let me stick with yeah. this until I find the right deal. I don't just want to go with like people are like, why don't you get your stuff in way in, in in um Whole Foods? It's so easy, and I always tell them, well, I'm thinking bigger than Whole Foods. What if I find a company that just wants to Promote you, you know, uh, manufacture it, period. Let's think yeah. like that. Like, I don't, right. I'm not saying that getting it at Whole Foods don't mean nothing, but I'm thinking so big that I'm not just trying to jump on the first thing right. that comes my way. I'm like, yo, right. this can be uh, something that I can get to the point where the spice is my bread and butter and I just cook when I want to, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So That is true. That's smart that true. business thinking right there. Oh, so, I'm right. all about brand. Mm-hmm. I hate to but, um, I hate to skip over, but now we Mr. Ben is gonna have the the great questions that we sometimes don't <laughs> go over. <laughs> so what ben, you got for ben us? Ben. Keep us on track. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, Chef Marco, where did uh, your passion uh, for cooking come from? I know you mentioned about being an artist, um, but just kind of curious: Have you always been cooking? Did you cook with family at home? Just kind of how did that uh, kind of manifest itself into you to bring you to where you are today? Uh, the passion came literally just from being an artist. That's all it was. I, I've, I've, everyone in my family cooks. My mom is a great cook. My dad is a good cook. My grandmother, my aunts. Um, but everyone was cooking one type of cuisine, which was Southern. My family's from South Carolina. Okay. So when I got up North and uh, also as I moved around, cause I was a military brat, I started realizing that, it's more cuisines out there. It's more than just mac and cheese right. and fried chicken <laughs> and and greens. For real. I didn't yeah. know. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I, I learned how to make an omelet from a Caucasian friend. I learned how to make sticky rice from an Asian friend. Right. Um, I learned a lot of recipes. I had a Filipino girlfriend who taught me a lot. And it just started opening my eyes up to, all right, I, like, I thought I liked food, but I don't know anything about it. And right. so... Um, when I got into food, it wasn't because I liked food. It was it was because I liked the way I could make food look on a plate, honestly. Okay. And then once I started getting good with making food look nice on a plate, then I started focusing on the flavors yeah. and the taste um, because I had a woman who wanted to go out to eat every single week. <laughs> and every week we went out to eat, I would taste something and it would be something that I make. And I don't know if God was trying to, like, tell me something, but literally it was always better than mine, and I ain't like that. 
Uh, I, I would be like, dang, this crab cake is better than mine. These lamb chops are better than mine. These this mashed potatoes is better than mine. Yeah. And I was like, it's not just about making the food look good, because I had that down. I was that my food looked amazing. Right. But I was like, I gotta get this stuff to taste good. And once once I got there, that's where my true passion mm-hmm. came out because I felt like I already had the passion to make it look good. But now I, I started having the passion to make it taste good. And once I put both of those together, at that point, that's when I started calling myself a chef or I allowed people to call me a chef because even after culinary school, I didn't consider myself a chef. I had been cooking for five years and I still was like, I'm just a cook. I was like, I'm not a chef yet. I'm just a cook because everything I had done up until that point was a recreation of something I learned from someone else. It was nothing original. I hadn't had my own recipes. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the chefs I looked up to had been doing it for 10 years or more. So I was like, how dare I sit up here and, and, and have people refer to me as a chef yeah. when I don't even believe I'm a chef. So uh, once my food started tasting good and I got to the point where I knew my food was good, not trying to be cocky or conceited, but I really took my time and I'm like, oh, that's good. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like, it's chef. You can call yeah. me chef. You know, so and, you um, can slap your mama, right? <laughs> yeah, and the passion—the passion continues to grow. Yeah, I, I myself every day, all I think about is food, mm-hmm. and it's like I was not like that two years ago, three years ago. I wasn't really like that, and now it's like I wake up in the middle of the night, and I'm like, "Ooh, I have some such and such. I, I just need to cook something real quick." Okay. You know, um, it's crazy, man. I'm always calling my, my assistant. Oh, yeah. he can't stand me. <laughs> I'd be tearing him up. I'm like, hey, I got this idea. Blah, blah, blah. He'd be like, Marco, it's six o'clock in the morning. I'm like, the grocery store is open, though. Yeah. You know that, right? Like, I'm about to go to the grocery store right now. And so that's how I am. I'm always working. I'm always trying to create. I always uh, tell my other chefs, yeah, it's competition. I treat it just like any anything else. I'm big on sports. I always wanted to be the best. Yeah. I always tell people when you sleep in, I'm working. And I do this. I apply it to the kitchen. If they sleep in, I'm working. That's Straight awesome. up. That's great. That's yeah. very motivational. Yeah. I like that. Yep. Aren't you a, um, don't you do mentoring as well in your, mm-hmm. your community? Because okay. yeah. I can hear it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that yeah. came from, um, I was in, uh, as a youth, I was big into, uh, the boys and girls club because my parents worked a lot and I know what the boys and girls club did for me. So when I got to being about 16, 17, I literally just went to the local boys and girls club and was like, what can I do for y'all? Like I, 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 the boys and girls club was everything for me. So I'm like, and I remember the teen mentors, they were always the coolest. I didn't like the older ones. So I was like, maybe I can be what somebody was to me. And they gave me a job. And um, it was my first job as a youth counselor. And then I ended up doing it for three or four years. But the money wasn't too good. So um, I got out of the field, but I still had the passion for working with youth. And I knew that I had made an impact on youth's lives. Because even after I left that club, there was many a youth and their parents who like kept in contact with me. So I was like, all right, I must Thank have you. a knack because there's yeah. no reason for people to still be trying to follow me around years right. after I don't work there anymore. Right. So I was like, maybe it's like a calling on my life to mentor kids. So I, um, 
I thought to myself, I can't really do it right now when I first started cooking because, I, like I said, I wasn't a chef. So I was like, I don't want to try to mentor anybody. It'd be like the blind leading the blind. But I always knew, I said, man, when I get up there, I'm going to get back into it. Yeah. And literally, I didn't even have to try. It happened. As soon as, like, my Instagram got popping and, 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 pe- and people start seeing my personality, it was flooding in. I got DMs from all – and it was weird. It was all – uh, kids between the ages of 13, young black men between 13 to maybe about 24, 23. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, man, I didn't even have to put a post out. It, every week, it was a different guy. Hey, man, I look up to you. Could you mentor me? Yada, yada, yada. And at first, I was apprehensive because a, a lot of them were kind of in, in trouble a little bit. And I was okay. like, I don't want to deal with no troublemakers or no hardheads. Right. But then I was like, Dude, you use a troublemaker. You use a hard Yeah. They're yeah. looking for an out. They're looking yeah. for you something know? that'll click in their head and push them away from what they're currently doing. So that's. But then they see they see a young black man out yeah. here making it. Making it, and I mean, and there's also a stigma on on the on black males about cooking. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so, like, I think a lot of times, you know, they they look at the situation of cooking. So they're like, oh man, you know, my mom does the cooking or my grandma mm-hmm. does the cooking. And they don't really look at themselves as actual people that could create like that. So they, mm-hmm. you know, they shy away from that. And it's just, you know, oh no, you go to, you need to go play basketball. You need to go, you know, go do some, some sort of sporting thing. Mm-hmm. I think a lot more youth, you need to like look into doing something different. Yeah. Um, cooking is one of them is because you know the more chefs out there you know i hate to say it but would be great because then you could actually like compare um i guess you could say as to how good this one is how good that one is and all that stuff you know he makes really good crab cakes or he makes really good you know uh-huh. stews or whatever or he's a really good baker Mm-hmm. I want to see our people come together and work together, right? Yeah. So, like, you I know, I mean, like, I yeah. I could see, you know, the stuff that I'm seeing on on Instagram, which is crazy to see, is like I could see Chef Marco's restaurant. You know, I know that's a big oh. ask or a big ordeal because of how times are now, and you know, having a restaurant is probably a lot of we're going to work. keep our fingers crossed. Yeah. Right. I, I yeah. think that, you know, I think that that's uh, definitely something that's going to happen. I don't know in what capacity, but I feel it. It's so much good energy around what we're doing here. And mm-hmm. so many good things are happening. I'm like, it is no way. It's no way. It's only up. I only can go up right. from here. Um, right. The, you know, guys giving me so much focus and just centered me in such a way. I've never been centered before that. I, I really feel like I could do anything. Like, I've never felt that way before, but I actually feel that way now. Yeah. Like, it's crazy because when I'm talking to my team and I'm telling them what we're going to do, like, I can, I can, I can feel that they know I'm, I'm, I'm telling them yeah. some good stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. To talk to someone and they know, like, just to see the look in their eyes, like, they like, they believe in me. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. this is going to work. Because I've never, I, I've always been the underdog always my whole life i was always the best friend 
Like I was the best friend of the captain of the basketball team. Yeah. I was the best friend of the most popular guy in school. I was I was always the second runner up. So it's like now to be a leader like this and um, have people believe in me is surreal to me, man. I'm so thankful. And I think I had to play second fiddle because it's it's allowed me to be humble. I feel like if I didn't, I would I would be a butthole. Yeah. Um, and because I played second fiddle now, I'm very humble. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think God did that on purpose because it was like that. It was like, man, why I always got to be the best friend? I'm, I was like, I'm always the best friend. Like, I, you know, I want to be prom king. Like, not say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the guy at prom king, man, that's my home. That's my best friend, man. We, we hang out every day. And yeah. that's how it was. I always was best friends with like, the most popular guy or whoever did something really good, they was always my friend. Um, and I knew it meant something. So I never, I never let it uh, bother me at the time, but I knew there was going to be a day where I would have to be that lead person. I just didn't know what God was setting me up for. But I tell everyone the reason why I was able to do this is because no matter what stage I was in in my life, I always said his will, not mine. Right. I never looked at my life and was like, well, why I should be here? I should be doing this. Why am I not? Because I'm 35 and I'm just starting to me to turn the corner. Um, when I was 25, I was down and out. I was disappointed in myself. I was disappointed in where I had, where I had got up into in that yeah. time of my life. I thought I was yeah. a failure. And here we are 10 years later and I'm like, shoot, man, you could do, you could do anything. anything. So mm-hmm. yeah. And I have thought that, in 10 more years, I would see success, right. you know, when I was 25. I, I kind of felt like because I hadn't reached it at that time, that maybe I was just going to have to live a life of complacency, mm-hmm. you know, and I actually started to settle in for that. I actually started to sit there and believe, well, maybe it's not for me to have this or have that or have mm-hmm. the things that I envision. Maybe I'm just supposed to have a apartment and a used car, and you know, like I was starting to like come down, and then I don't know, I I decided not to do that, um, but I did for the rest of my twenties. I kind of gave up a little bit and was like, I'm just gonna, you know, go to work, go to not work. really aspire for anything. Just was there any stay out of trouble? Who motivated you into who like maybe helped you be like, look, all right, man. Yeah, you should do this. Because I feel like there's always someone who could help push you into that. Uh-huh. Well, I first saw Marcus Samuelson. So my problem with cooking was, I said, I'm an artist. And um, I feel like you have different kinds of artists. You have the artists that are like kind of eccentric and kind of like out there and weird. And then you have like the cool artist, right? Yeah. And I always felt like that was me. Like, I all my life I love dressing I love like I always felt like I was a cool guy so I felt like man cooks aren't cool I was like I have not met one cool cook that I could look at black black not white I seen the white ones I'm like oh you got these white cooks with all these (laughs) tattoos and facial piercings long hair I see them but I was like where are the cool black cooks at I'm like every time I see a black cook they old they ain't got no swag. I was like, man, what what's going on? Been doing it for so, years. <laughs> yeah, they've been doing it. Yeah, they, just for them to get a little bit of clout. They've been cooking for like thirty years. I'm yeah. like, man, what's going on? So I, 
I told you I, I subscribed to Epicurious. Mm-hmm. And I got a, uh, I never forget it. The day I got it, I stared at it like a little kid. It was a, uh, the cover was Marcus Samuelson. And he had on an outfit that literally was something I would wear. And I was like, this dude's a chef? I was like, he don't look like no chef. I was like, he dripping. I was like, he cool. So instantly I started doing my research. And and from him, I was like, there's got to be other cool chefs. I'm just not, I'm not looking in the right places. Because all I kept finding was these white chefs. Yeah. So I was like, where are all the black chefs? And I found one on Instagram, and his name was Chef Tobias. And after I found Chef Tobias, changed my life. Wow. Okay. Because he looks like he looks like me. Mm-hmm. We the same age. We've been through the same things. When I saw how successful he was, and he was unapologetically a black man, mm-hmm. I knew. I said, "That's it." I was like, "I can't be him, but I can aspire." That's what I aspire to be. Mm-hmm. Because if you saw him, you would not even think he was a chef. Yeah. You would be, you know, he's somebody, right. but it's like, what is he? You doing? wouldn't think chef. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you would be like, are you an athlete? Are you a rapper? Are you, what, what's going on? I see you yep. got diamonds on. Right. You got, you know. Um, so that's how I was looking at it. And I was like, you know, if he can do this and unapologetically be himself. I was like, I need to do the same because one of my issues in my 20s was, like I said, my, my whole family's military and government. So, of course, they pushed me to give a, get a government job. Right. And when I got one, my personality just didn't fit. You know, right. I got tattoos. I'm very expressive. And they kept calling me edgy. They kept being like, Mark, you're just too edgy. You're just too edgy, Mark. You're too edgy for a corporate job. And I'm like, what does that mean? Right. Because I have dreads. I'm edgy. You know what I mean? Because I... Don't dress like an old man. You know, in my opinion, it was like, what do you mean I'm edgy? Because I've always been professional. I've always been punctual. But yeah, you know, I be me. I have facial piercing. I have tattoos. So they they didn't always go over well in my government jobs. And finally, I got tired of it, man. I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this. I'm not going to keep conforming and changing and yeah yeah, because at the time I did it never worked it was like I cut my dreads I still didn't get a promotion um I had a job for two years no one even knew I had tattoos because I wore long sleeves every day and I still didn't get a promotion so I was like what does it really matter I'm doing all this work so I said I'm just gonna be myself and I'm gonna find a career where I can actually do that Mm -hmm. and that's why I ended up quitting my job and getting that dishwasher job and everybody thought I was crazy Cause they were like, you have college experience, you have work experience. Why would you go somewhere and at 25 years old and wash dishes? And I was like, because I'm not happy. Yeah. I was like, I'm not happy at these government jobs. I was like, I'm not happy. I don't want to be in the military. I don't want to, you know, at the time Bush had just gotten to office. It was like a lot going on. I was like, I don't want to do this. So that's why I took the dishwashing job. And um, it just turned out to be the Lord's will for me. Correct. No. That's awesome. I like that. I don't even know if you told everybody what, what area you are located in or where you're from. Oh, I'm back. Somebody tried to call me. So I'm a military brat. My dad, my family's from South Carolina, but my dad joined the military and I was born in Kansas. 
And then we lived in Kansas for one week, and then we moved to Germany. Whoa. And so I kind of, yeah. <laughs> that is an amazing transition. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I grew up overseas, so we didn't come back to America until I was like six, about to turn six. And I missed everything. This was like the 90, early 90s. Yeah. So rap, rap music had just came out. Um, all the black TV shows, Family Matters was popping. <laughs> and, all, and I came here and I didn't know hey. nothing, nothing. Listen, I never forget. They asked me in class because they were like, introduce yourself. And I was like, yeah, I'm Mark, Marcus Grant, blah, blah, blah. I said, my favorite artist is Bruce Springsteen. And them kids was like, who is, it was like, like, who is Bruce Springsteen? Like, nobody knew who that was. And I'm looking at them like, what y'all mean? Y'all don't know. Born in the USA. Like, I'm like, what y'all talking about, right? So after class, all the black kids grabbed me up. They changed my life, man. They played me N.W.A. I remember I was like in the first grade. This dude had N.W.A. on a cassette tape. He said, bro, you need to listen to this. And that was my first time hearing rap music and realizing how out of touch I was with 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 being a black youth in America. And I was just like, OK. So that's a little background on me. And um, I just was like for the next two, three years, I was kind of in, in school <laughs> learning, learning about black culture learning about all the different things because I, I remember um, being a youth and because I wasn't around no black people. It was all, when I was overseas, I remember I was the only like black kid in my class and I didn't think anything of it. You know, right. I'm a little kid. But when I came over here, it was just certain things that I realized I was so out of touch with. Like even my hair, like I didn't know what braids were. I didn't know. I, didn't, I was like, I was fascinated. I was like, how y'all do that to y'all hair? Or I remember first time I saw somebody with a high top. I'm like, oh my God, like, what is that? You know, like how, how you shave the sides and make the top stand up? Like I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. You know, I, I, where I was at in Germany, for real, they were still rocking like jerry curls and stuff. Like, you know, cause it was behind. So all I knew was like the processed hair, and that's what I wanted. I, I'm not gonna lie. When I came over here, I did not like my hair. I did not like. <laughs> I did not want my hair to stand up. All I wanted was laid down, processed hair, because that's what I was around. Mm -hmm. And then once I got here, and I was like, "Ooh, man, I like these braids. I like that high top." It kind of uh, kickstarted me into, you know, being a what I would say a, a black American, honestly. And um, it just grew from there. And then we moved. From Fort, we moved from the military base um, in Germany to Fort Meade, Maryland, and then I grew up in Fort Meade all the way until about middle school, and then we moved to Baltimore. Okay. And once okay. we moved to Baltimore, that was another culture shock for me because I never been around poverty like that. Mm -hmm. I kind of had, but not like I had never seen how it affected people. Put it like that. Yeah. So I've been around it, but I didn't know the effects of it. Because everyone I was around, was, they were middle-class suburbs. Yeah. Yeah. But when we moved to Baltimore, I had friends who was like, yeah, I can't get school lunch. You know, yeah. Um, you don't want those shoes anymore? Can I have them? You know, like I had friends yeah. like that. And I was like, whoa, okay. I thought I didn't have stuff. But there's people out here really, really don't Really have. struggling, yep. Yeah, who really struggling. Struggle and, real. um, yeah. 
Yeah, it, uh, it, it was a big culture shock for me. It made me realize how much I had. But at the same time, it also made me rebellious because the people that didn't have much, they always say, if you're not influencing them, they're influencing you. So I was kind of picking up some of their bad habits, too. And, um, you know, it kind of changed me as an uh, as a teenager. I went from suburban kid to I, I wouldn't say I was an inner city, but we were right there on the line of, mm-hmm. of, of Anne Arundel County and Baltimore City uh, by Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And I just to me, I just saw a lot and did a lot of stuff that I think if my parents were still in the military or we if my dad didn't retire at the time he did, I wouldn't have been exposed to. But for some weird reason, that's the way it happened. Yeah. And uh, I started getting into a lot of trouble. And then I went to the Boys and Girls Club at 16. It was like I caught myself. At about 16, 17, I knew. I was like, man, I'm about to go to jail. Yeah. I was like, I keep getting in trouble. I keep getting in fights. And that's why I went to the Boys and Girls Club. My uh, counselor at the time was like, hey, why don't you do something constructive with your time? Because what happened was I was big on sports. But I couldn't make the team anymore because I was too short. <laughs> so I played JV. But once we got to varsity, I couldn't make the team. And that's when I started getting into trouble because that structure was gone. gone. So my counselor was like, you need structure. That's why you're out here fighting. That's why you're out here getting involved in all kinds of stuff that's not you because you don't have nothing else to do. So she recommended the Boys and Girls Club for me. And that is when I, I, I was able to kind of – that foundation that my parents laid for me, did start to come back but i went through my phase i always tell everybody i, I had a little thought i was a thug i don't know what was going on but right yeah. <laughs> no worries bro that was me too that's how i got to the why i think we all i think we all i think we all went through some stuff yeah yeah um, so like so then obviously fast forward you got into cooking and you you were really um obviously passionate about it because you do a lot of different types of stuff i'm like you know i've seen some of your breakfast stuff i've seen some of your mm-hmm. your your lunch and dinner stuff and so how do the the people that contact you do they go hey i want to have you know this type of meal and i'm allergic to this so is there mm-hmm. any substitutes and all that stuff or do you kind of like lay out a menu for them because i know you said that you something something that you're passionate about is people eating healthier. And, uh-huh. and also, yep. you know, there's, I think you said something about being a, a trainer as well as, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. So uh, yeah, I'm big into explain a little bit of that as well. far as like, you know, obviously incorporated tasting good so, and also healthy. And I realize I am a chef. I have to feel the need. So if yeah. you come to me and you're like, Mark, I want mac and cheese, pork collard greens, and that fried chicken and smothered pork chops, that's what I'm going to give you. And I'm not going to make you feel bad about it. I'm not going to be like, oh, we should be eating. Nope. I'm going to give you that good grandma mac and cheese, them smothered pork. I'm going to give you what you want. Now, if we talk and you're like, Mark, I'm really trying to watch my weight. Um, I'm really trying to look out for this. I'm really trying to look out for that. I go by person by person basis. Every client is, is their own, but I do have menus. So I send out the menus and then I have what I like to call special clients. And these are people that trust me. And these are my favorite. They literally be like, Mark, you know what I don't eat. 
just don't give me that and make me whatever. Make me whatever. And those are my favorite. Yeah. Because that's when I go off. That's when the creative mind gets to work in. That's when some of my best stuff is made because I get to just create. Yeah. And like I said, I'm an artist. So that's that's what's most fun to me is literally going in the grocery store, having absolutely no idea what I'm going to make and just yeah. stuff catch my eye mm-hmm. and I'll just buy stuff and it's a wrap. Because when I get back in that kitchen, it come together. Just the other day, just an example of what I do. So I was in the store. I was like, I want to make salmon, but I had no idea what kind of salmon. So I literally just bought a salmon filet. I saw some jalapenos that were bright and green. Mm-hmm. I bought them. I've never seen shaved coconut before. And I saw it and I just bought it. And then when I got back to the house, I was like, coconut jalapeno salmon. And it's bomb. Like, I, I didn't take a bunch of time thinking about it. I didn't, like, because all my friends are like, how you come up with this stuff? How do you? And I'm like, dude, I don't think about it too much. I literally just buy stuff that I like. And then when I get home, it just be coming together. And then I'll sit down and I'll come up with a whole recipe. And now I have a new menu item. But at that moment, it was literally like, just all, you know, impulsive. Whatever I see. And then I know things go together. I'm like, okay, well, jalapeno is going to play pretty well with coconut. Because I was like, coconut's not really sweet. But I was like, it's mild. Yeah. And I was like, it, it, you know, I was like, I think it would complement each other. And sure enough, it's okay. delicious. It so. sounds good. You got me all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, I'm like, man. I even like coconuts. I'm going to have to drive out to Howard County. That's what I'm talk. saying, bro. Uh-huh, we got- <laughs> Y'all got to come get some good eats, man. Yeah. Yes, I yeah, love it. That might Maria. be worth a trip. You know? Mm-hmm. I'll be out there um, at the end of this month. I might have to. Hey, <laughs> let me know. I'll be cooking every day. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, every at the day. end of uh, every podcast, we love to promote small businesses. And we are wanting you to promote the heck out of yourself and tell everybody how they can connect with you and, um, ex- I guess, just enjoy your experience. How about that? Yes. Mm-hmm. So... To enjoy the Chef Marco Neal experience, you can book me at Meals by Marco Neal. That's O N E I L at gmail.com. That's my Gmail. That's the best way to book me. Um, and then if you're on Instagram, the second be- best way to book me is at Meals by Marco Neal on IG. And you can DM us, and I have an assistant or someone there. If it's not me, we answer promptly. Uh, we answer all day. This is what we do. And we're there. We're here. So any inquiries, any questions you guys have, we do private events. We do pickup. We do delivery. We do small catering. Uh, we do cooking lessons. And of course, we also do mentorship. So if you know any youth that uh, we also work with the schools, so if they need to get their service hours, mm-hmm. they can come work in the kitchen and they could turn that in for service hours. Um, and we just we we offer everything except for no events over a hundred people. That's okay. it. That's the yeah. only mm-hmm. yeah. That's the only thing. And we're getting there. We're getting there to that point. We just need a uh, we need a space. We yeah. need an actual yeah. bigger space to do that to hold all the food. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, small events, private parties, 
the in-home experience is when I come in mm-hmm. and I cook for a small group of intimate friends, six to eight people. Um, I explain what I'm cooking. Um, I'm funny, <laughs> I entertain, uh, and we have a good time. And that's my favorite thing to do. My favorite thing to do is the in-home experience because I'm a people person. I love to talk to people. I love to get to know people. So it's just like an intimate experience where I've made so many friends that way, where it's like I'm cooking for them. And the next thing I know, you know, they're like, hey, man, I need uh, help with this training. I need help with just life in general. I think I've reached a point in my life where I can um, I have something to give to people. You know, I have experiences. I have good energy. I just, I, I'm just, I just want to be uh, of service. That's yeah. all I can really say. My, I, I'm ready to live my life out of service. So, we food is my avenue, but through food, we doing everything. I'm trying to get pe- my people healthy. Yeah. I'm trying to help people on their spiritual journeys. I'm trying to help people to just enjoy life. And know that um, I'm a true comeback story. We haven't even scratched the surface of some of the things that got me to where I am today. But just know I'm a true comeback story. And my testimony, oh, it's going to save a lot of lives. And I'm sharing it. I'm sharing it. That's why I'm here, honestly, to share it. That's great. That's great. I love that. It's super motivational, especially during right now, too. So I love it. Yeah, and a lot yeah. of people that need inspire inspiration from just watching somebody like like I said, I've yeah. I've watched a few of your videos and I'm yeah. like, oh man, this dude's like dancing while he's cooking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the way I'm he like, was yeah. like drizzling, right, yeah, right, everything. Right. <laughs> Jeff Marco, everything. <Drizzle. laughs> yeah, I I be I be looking at my stuff like, where is it? Who is this guy? <laughs> For real, man, because I'd be like. Four or five years ago, I was quiet. quiet. I was reserved. Trying to just I, focus. Just trying to, mm-hmm, yeah. yep. Just trying to focus. Just trying not to mess it, mess up, it up, you know. <laughs> and that's like, look at this, bam. Oh, you know, yeah. I not only am I know I'm not gonna mess it up, but I'm gonna talk some trash too. So yeah. it's kind of, <laughs> which, which is actually good. I think it also brings out, like you said. You know, you were going around and tasting other foods when you were um, yeah. going to eat at restaurants. You also were like, "Man, I need to make this taste better yeah. than yep. what I just had." Which yep. I think also your personality comes out with it. So it actually is it's yeah. a good thing. Like the confidence to make something, to continue to evolve, mm-hmm. is probably attributed to what you how you started out, like being humble. So, okay. you know, thank you. Yeah, I think, I, I think I, from what I see, man, I'm like, man, you're out here doing your thing, man. Yeah, beautiful to see. Thank God. I know. Thank yeah. God. I'm inspired by the lamb chops and all the, all the stuff. Yeah. That I'm like, man, if I make this, am I gonna gain 20 pounds or am I gonna? No, 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 no. Eat it one time. Thing very, very good, which is in moderation. <laughs> in moderation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, moderate, because it's okay yeah. to treat yourself. Right. Right. Well, we're okay. gonna have to we're gonna have to come pick up some food. Right. Sure. <laughs> we're gonna have to make that drive. Or, or get the oh, or, or coach get that uh that at home experience. Oh, we 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 want that. We yeah, want that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or do that. So, and I also piggyback on uh the in home experience. What I was gonna start doing is I'm I'm about to start working with personalities. So basically, I come and I cook for you guys, but I interview y'all. 
Okay. So I'm I'm gonna start videoing it and putting it up on my YouTube page, where it's kind of like you know we cook I cook for you guys, but we have just like how we're talking right now. Mm-hmm. I, I would talk to you guys and I would ask you about your endeavors, what got you into you know where you're at, and just yeah, that's what I'm about to start doing. I actually did a, a trailer for it and it turned out great. It's this girl that has probably maybe 31k or something like that, and she just mm-hmm. does makeup. And I had her come in and sit down. I was like, you got a lot of people that want to know how you got to where you got and just, you know, a lot of stuff about you, about you, uh, your personal, you know, life too. She has fans because she's a beautiful girl. And it turned out awesome because I was just like, people got to kind of get to know me as well as I'm sitting there interviewing her. So I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. And I, yeah. and the time went up it was so fast. It was like time went by so fast. I said, anything where time is going by, I know I'm enjoying myself. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to start doing this. Because I know I, I'm a cook and I love to cook. But I have realized that this is just a platform, platform for me to for do. Things. Yeah, to do other things. Yeah, I so actually tell, realized that. So tell, also tell people how to get your, um, your seasoning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the same thing. If you want to order a Marco spice, there's two different kinds. There's a total, a total seasoning, which is uh, garlic powder based, and then there's a red Marco spice red, which has a little more kick, which is paprika based, yeah, and which is more for like. That sounds like what we need. To- yeah, that sounds yeah, that, the, the like red, <laughs> that Marco spice red. Oh man, I oh, love man, Marco I spice. Yeah, we gonna have. But to- Marco spice red is the one. That's yeah. the one. I'm not gonna lie and to y'all. Is that is one. Is there a site or is it more just um, like yeah, go to my uh, Gmail and when you go to my Gmail mealsbymarconeal.com you just say hey I want to order a pint of the Marco Spice and then we send you the order form and you get your confirmation and we go from there whether it's pickup delivery or we mail it to you we do all three alright cool. so yep yeah. well thank you for we coming, what you need. For coming you know, on we and... truly appreciate it especially yeah. when um, a young black business grow right. into, or not even finish growing. Basically, you just sprout. Oh yeah, just oh. just sprouting, yeah. y'all. Y'all mm-hmm. guys been so good, and I want to thank my people for supporting me because the number one thing they told me in restaurants, oh Mark, what's your demographic? What's your demographic? Because the type of food that you cook, your people not gonna pay for that. All this, and they and, and wow. no disrespect to these these guys. But these was all white and Latino chefs telling me this. Oh, okay. Because I was people, like, I'm going to buy food that's good. Your people, your people are not going to pay $25 for a to-go plate. Your people are not, not? going to pay $30 for a to-go plate. Why that's not? what they kept telling me. <laughs> yeah, that's what they kept telling me. They were like, they only pay those kind of prices. That's why they come to restaurants. That's why they come sit down at restaurants, right? Better. That's what they told me. Yeah, they told me. I would look stupid. I remember one chef told me I look stupid for putting my good food, such high quality food, inside of a to-go plate. He was like, you're crazy. Why Why would you disrespect your food like that? I said, if somebody wants it and they're going to pay for it, I can still make it look nice. And he's, I've never seen anybody waste their time plating food in a to-go plate. You're crazy. That's what he told me. Wow. Now, now, I see everybody do it. And I'm not saying I started it. But I, I'm the first person I know that was like, just because it's a to-go plate don't mean I'm just going to throw it in there. Right. I was like, I'm still going to make it look like you're getting a gourmet dinner. Right. I was the first one I seen do that. And now everyone does it. Yeah. I have people that ask me all the time, 
hey, how does this look? They hit me up. I see your to-go place there. Beautiful. How do you, you know, what about mine? What do I need to work on? What do I need to do to get my to-go place to look like that? Because just because it's a to-go plate or something, it don't mean they don't deserve the the experience. Yeah. You know? So I just want to tell all them chefs that told me my people weren't going to support me because my prices was too high. They were, they're wrong. They was all wrong. That's a stigma that we need to get over, get out of too, because everybody thinks that people are not willing to pay for something. Oh, they they pay, man. And I think that's, you know, that's also a stereotype that is is also following us as a people, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Admit what helps me is being in DC and PG, because I feel like there's a, plethora of black people yep. that have the financial backing right to mm-hmm. to support me i will admit that because there's other cities that i've been in where it's not as you know yeah. people the, the black people aren't as as many successful black right. people mm-hmm. so, right. i'm telling you right now these people in upper marlboro and waldor <laughs> yeah um i mean they go all out for me yeah. They go all out for me. Not only do they pay and never ask about my price, they tip, they recommend me to other people. It is a blessing. When I say my people show out for me, they show out for me. And Good, I, I yeah. never I never would have thought. Support the black business. Support yeah. the black business. Mm-hmm. Continue, guys. Y'all keep especially in this pandemic. Yes. Yeah. And y'all yeah. showed out, man. Yeah. My people yeah. showed out. Everybody was like, oh, you're not going to make it through this pandemic, man. You need to go get you a job. You need to go. People asking me for a job. <laughs> hey, that's what I like to hear, man. Appreciate you. Yeah. Appreciate yep. you coming on. On that note, we're going to end there. You know, drop the mic. and um... <laughs> That was a drop the mic. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that ending. Um, and appreciate you coming on, yes. Mark. And, um, you know, as usual, um, you until know, next time. Out. Until next time. Peace, y'all. All right. Big love. Big love. Uh, big the love. Real to Real podcast is presented by Herbert Williams Beffo and Bianca Miskaitis. Our producer is Ben Runyon. Our technical director is Nick Patry. Audio and video lead is Megan Kotner. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow and like us on Facebook and Instagram at Real to Real and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or anywhere else podcasts are found. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. It's been Real with Coach Herb and B.